Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What's wrong with you? Seriously. What's wrong with you? What's broken? What's missing? What's lacking in your life? There's things wrong with you, right? None of you have it all together, so what's wrong with you? We could ask the question on a grander scale. What's wrong with this world? If we pay attention at all, we're pretty astute at noticing what's wrong, particularly when it's about other people. But even in my own life, we notice what's wrong. You know, I could think to myself, well, if I were just to lose a few more pounds, then life would be great. If I could just get that one relationship back in order and restored, oh, life would be, oh, so good. If I just reach X amount in my bank account or my retirement investments, then it will be so good. Or in the world, maybe we say, ah, if we could just solve that one war, maybe peace could come. If we just elected the right president, oh, that would make things so wonderful. If we just got that right or this right, then things would be good. When you're thinking this way, noticing the wrongs and wanting something better, you know what you're thinking about? You're thinking about what the Bible calls Peace. Yeah, peace. All right, peace. We're in the church. Peace. You, you've heard a thing or two about peace. You've longed for it. I've preached about it. We've sung about it, talked about it. You've prayed for it. But we're going to talk about it again today. We're going to open up the Bible, both to the Old Testament and the New Testament, so you can see the fullness of the promise of peace in the Bible because the biblical concept of peace, I believe, is bigger and more beautiful than you even imagine. So first in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language that the Old Testament is written in, the the word for peace in the Hebrew language is the word shalom. Maybe you've heard it before. Shalom. Now when we think about Peace, if I were to ask you to describe peace, I think most of us think about peace as the secession of conflict or conflict ceasing. As in, there's two nations at war, they stop fighting, sign a treaty, that's peace, we would say. Last week, when we're studying Psalm 46, I even preached. In the latter part of Psalm 46, it it even said about God, 
He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. God causes all the nations to stop their fighting. He breaks their weapons. We would say that's peace. Or I even described last week, as a parent, you've got uh, children and they're bickering, so you step in to help resolve the conflict and they stop their squabbling. We would say there's peace in your home, right? Well, this Old Testament word shalom certainly has the aspects of conflict ceasing in it. But that's not the end of what shalom means. Shalom is a bigger concept than just conflict stopping. Shalom actually means whole or complete. As in everything is as it should be. Everything is working according to the way it's supposed to work. When I ask the question, what's wrong with you or what's wrong with the world? Shalom is all of those wrongs being made right. The cracks are repaired. The holes are filled. Shalom means all of those things are working as they should. So if you take those two nations who are warring, they stop fighting, they sign the treaty, Shalom goes farther than just that. Shalom is those two nations become one and work together for the mutual benefit of one another. Okay? So it's beyond just stopping the conflict. It is wholeness and completion. In the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah was written hundreds of years, approximately 600 years before Jesus was born. And Isaiah the prophet is full of prophecies about the coming Savior of the world, the promised Savior of the world, the Messiah. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, these words are written. Maybe they sound familiar to you. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Shalom. Of the increase of his government and of Shalom, there will be no end. The promised Savior of the world is a ruler of Shalom, this wholeness, completion. And of that kind of peace, there will be no end when he rules and when he reigns. So Jesus, who is the promised Prince of Peace, not only brings shalom, not only brings peace, but he is it himself. He embodies shalom. On the day that Jesus was born into this world, angels appeared to shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. Do you remember what the angels said when they appeared to these shepherds? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. On earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. When this is written now, this is in the New Testament. The New Testament's written in the Greek language. The Greek word for peace is the word eirene. 
maybe less familiar to you than shalom. But irene in the Greek language also means the same thing as shalom, not just conflict ceasing, but wholeness and completion. So now think about what the angels are announcing to the shepherds on the day of Jesus' birth. The one who is peace, the prince of shalom, the one who's going to bring wholeness and completion and his rule of that kind of peace that knows no end is here. Go and look, your peace is here. Those shepherds have been longing for it. We long for it, don't we? This Advent season, as we've been preaching through Psalm 46, we've been trying to paint this picture for you. That there's a lot wrong with us. And there's a lot wrong with this world. This world in which we live is noisy, and it's chaotic, and it's dangerous. And we are no better. We fight, we worry, we're fearful. This is the world into which our God, who is perfect shalom, came to be with us. God promises in Psalm 46, I will be with you in the midst of you, always with you. This is the world into which God came, a messed up world. God, who is wholly complete, came to be peace himself here on earth. He is himself peace, and he has brought peace here to us. Now, remember Isaiah's prophecy? Jesus will be the prince of peace. He will rule with peace, and that peace will have no end. Don't we long for that? We long to have the wrongs righted and the brokenness restored. We desire his peace to be our reality on this earth. And one day, one day that is what we will have. When Christ returns... His second advent, it is called, his second coming, this is what we will have, the fullness and wholeness of completion, perfect shalom. But until that day, we're in this tension. And this is what advent is all about. This is why in this season of Advent at the church, why we, why we have this deep urging and this, this longing, this wanting, this waiting for something better. We know it's not all the way right just yet, but we know it will be. We know we don't have this perfect peace yet, but we know we will. And so Advent is this calling, this longing within us to look forward to what is to come, this perfect wholeness and completion. But we don't do it with just our minds. We don't do it with just our hearts. We don't sit back and sort of go, yeah, life's kind of miserable. It'll be better someday. That's not our Christian calling. Our our Christian calling is actually to, to step into the future reality. So peace is what's promised. So our Christian reality is to step into that peace. 
and all the more urge that day of Christ's coming to come nearer into our reality. So Christ promises wholeness. Step into it. Christ has promised to bring peace with God. You have peace with God. Step into it. Christ has called you to bring peace on earth. Step into it. Live as peacemakers in this world. Open up your arms. The the refuge that Christ has promised to you, welcome other people in. Demonstrate a way of peace as we long for that wholeness to come. Evermore, as the day of Christ draws nearer, we cling to that promise and we lean into it all the more. We read today from the end of the Bible. I don't know if you know this, if you've ever gone to the end of the Bible, but Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the Bible. It's the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. It's the fulfillment of the angel's announcement to the shepherds. The book of Revelation paints the picture of what our eternity is like after Christ comes for us. And in Revelation chapter 22, it says this in verse 5, Night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. There's a lot more in chapter 22 that you could look at, but this is the fulfillment. There, there will be a day when Christ returns when darkness will be no more. When brokenness will be a thing of the past. We'll de- where death will be put to death. Where the holes will be filled, the cracks will be sealed. The relationships restored with God and with one another. There will be no more darkness. It will just be the light of Jesus Christ. We won't need to walk around with a lamp or a light for Christ will be in our midst and his, his rule, his prince of shalom will have no end and perfect peace will be our reality forever and ever. Perfect shalom. As we wrap up this season of Advent, as we wrap up this season of Advent and, and long for Christ to come, in this last Advent sermon, I want to close by sharing with you a song. It's a song called, E'en So Lord Jesus, or Even So Lord Jesus. It's written by a Christian composer by the name of Paul Mons. Paul Mons and his wife Ruth had a son, and when their son was three years old, he became critically ill and was hospitalized. They didn't think that he would survive, actually, and so they committed their son into God's loving care, and they prayed the prayer of the church, actually the end of Revelation 22, which says, "'Come quickly, Lord Jesus.'" And there by their son's bedside, Ruth brought the words of Revelation 22 to her husband, Paul. And there by the bedside of his critically ill son, he composed this choral anthem. Thankfully, their son survived that ordeal. But this choral anthem has become a a quite uh, quite popular song 
to bring us into this longing expectation for the fulfillment of Christ's promise of perfect peace. The recording I'm going to play for you is one from a choir that my wife Abby and I sang in. So we're, we're on this recording. We sang together in, in a choir in college at Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Actually, we fell in love singing together in the choir. So there's your love story. But this song, this song was a, a custom for our college choir to sing uh, to close out every Christmas concert which always happened in Advent as an expectation of the fulfillment of Christ's promises. So it's fitting as we close out our Advent season to also hear this song today. And as you're listening to it, I just want you to remember, you have peace with God through the cross of Jesus Christ. Perfect peace is possible and it will be forever and ever. So peace to you, my friends. Shalom is coming. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We continue our worship by rising and confessing our faith and our peace, His Father and the Spirit. In the words of the Nicene Creed, we speak together. I believe in one God, 